Thank you for listening to this teaching from the prayer room. For more teachings, notes, downloads, or to subscribe to our podcast, as well as information about who we are and our upcoming events, visit our website at tprdfw.com. Well, all right. So we, um, we like to take the opportunity, and especially when it presents itself in the way that it did tonight, we want to take the opportunity to give a little bit of uh, an inside uh, viewpoint into processing this whole ordeal. So uh, we've been in a study on the Revelation, on the, on the book of Revelation. We're in session 85. If you've ever been in any other teaching that has more than session 85, raise your hand now. <laughs> Okay. There, there is uh, an intentionality that we've been doing as a ministry to really take the time to go deep. Uh, we could have very easily done another three-part series, another ten-part series, but we wanted to take the time to take our community deep. We wanted to go uh, through this, and, and even in the format that we've been doing, on Saturday nights, we have our time of teaching, and then we have our discussion time, and then we have a Q&A time. So we are big on, on processing and going deep this go-round. Uh, we've, we've made one uh, previous pastor of the book of Revelation uh, about a decade ago. And, uh, and, and did it a little bit different than what we're doing now. And, and so what I, what I want us to do tonight is be able to hear the, the processing that the, the, the senior staff has been, as we're hearing these things be taught, as, as, we're, as we ourselves are, are going through the book of Revelation and, and trying to take, uh, take it in and really build a foundation and, and, uh, and, and establish not just our own individual foundation, but as a community, I want to give you an opportunity into uh, the processing that we've been doing, and then we're going to really just facilitate a discussion but then open up uh, at the end with um, opportunity for you to participate as well. So um, this is going to be um, basically just discussion. Uh, I'm going to be kind of leading us through with some of the, uh, the questions and the ways um, uh, that we can be processing a, a particular topic differently, either theologically or just kind of emotionally looking at the way that, that that might flesh out in in our own experience or specific to our community. So we're going to be able to do that. But before we do, I want to introduce ourselves and gives, uh, give us each an opportunity to, uh, to say our names. For those of you who don't know us, my name is Andy Sanchez. Uh, I serve on the senior staff along with uh, the, the rest of the panel here, and um, I'm going to be f- facilitating. Everyone else is going to give an opportunity to uh, say their names. So. My name is Caitlin. Do you want me to say anything else? No. Okay. That's fine. I don't think they're on. Hang on. Tyler, you're the best, no matter what anyone else says. <laughs> All right. My name is Luke. And I'm Daniel. There you go. All right, so um, we've got three mics up here, and we're going to be having these uh, these questions. This is is really um, 
an opportunity for you to hear us processing this. So the, the first question that, that I'd like for us to, to really just kind of get out there is, what have, have you learned, what sticks out um, through these 80 plus sessions, 85 sessions, what have you learned through this? Ready, go. I'll get the ball rolling, and just just the sheer fact that there's 85 sessions, and we're not like that. There's still some ground to cover. Like there's so many like concepts. We're about two two thirds of the way through, right? So we've yeah, we're we're, we're to... creeping up on chapter 17 of 22. So we got five-ish chapters to go. Uh, but it, there's like so many con so many sessions like. I'm coming to the, the counter service. I'm thinking that Brad's going to like talk about like, oh, I know what's next. And then he like sneaks this sneaks in this topic that I'm like I've never even thought of. You know, like the song of the lamb, or like just just phrases in the book of Revelation that are are like I just kind of glaze over them when I'm reading. And then Brad does a whole session on it. And so I've just appreciated like the time to to make room for this super long series. Part of that is we get to stare at some of these topics that. Like most of us have just read and kind of scratched our head and be like, I don't know what that means. And then we move on. And so I just appreciate just the exposure to like new content, new ideas and little phrases, kind of unpacking those loaded phrases and just taking a survey of the Bible and like, what does this, what does this phrase mean? And so just that, what did I learn? Like just there, I learned that I glaze over a lot of things and there's a lot of details that are really speaking in the word of God, like every detail is saying, saying something. That's a really good point. I think one of the, the things that has uh, been a, a bit of a, um, a sore spot for the church is so many times, not just in, in the book of Revelation, a lot in the Bible, but, but specifically in, in the book of Revelation, we kind of glaze over it because it's like there's symbolism. I don't know what I mean. Just keep going. You know, and that's one of the, the things that I, I, I want to agree with you, Luke. The, um, the chance to go slow and, and really get familiar, I think, for, for a lot of people, has, has given us the opportunity to let that guard down to be able to, to take in some of, at least be familiar with it, to be able to take in some of those symbols and really start chewing on it. And I know... Uh, you know, we've we've got along with uh, a couple others uh, on a near weekly basis. We we're discussing this stuff, and there's been some rich discussion that happens. Uh, you know, after these different sessions. Great point, Luke. Yeah, and like that was what was super helpful for me was kind of the shedding off of a lot of the mysticism. Kind of like you were saying, like I had family members and everybody growing up was like, oh. Book of Revelation, everybody's got their opinion, and there's tons of different ways you could approach it. You'll never, like, you just, you put up with those when the pastor's crazy enough to try. Um, and, like, I didn't realize how much of that I still believed, and then to have Brad and, like, this whole community that's like, all right, we're going to be meticulous, and we're going to be unrelenting. <laughs> like 85 sessions unrelenting to where you're like getting it and you're getting it and you're getting it. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm reading the middle of the Old Testament and it's like, oh, these Old Testament or these um, end times passages kind of jump out and making connections across the word. And so it's like the confidence to be able to even wander deeper um, and, and glean more is really nice. And uh yeah, and just like, I mean, the Song of Moses one, kind of going back to like the things that you would never think of, 
like taking these Old Testament things and these like different connections from Moses and pointing them to Revelation. It's like, wow, the Bible is super cohesive. It's really a story. It's really moving forward and there's really an end and we're gonna dive in and figure it out. Yeah, it's really been, just kind of along with all of that, really been super provoking to me to to dig into these details. Like, I remember the session Brad did on the Seven Thunders, which the whole, <laughs> the whole thing of the Seven Thunders is that there are, like, seven thunders that John hears saying something, and John understands it. He's about to write it down, and the angel says, no, it's a secret. Don't write it down. So we did an entire session on how we don't know what the Seven Thunders are, but they're there and they're important, and Brad basically said that for, like, an hour. Um, but it was really provoking to me to be like, you know what? Someday someone is going to understand what the seven thunders are and it's not going to be someone who's never thought about it before like someone is going to be digging into this and god's going to give them revelation um and i've been just kind of studying a little bit in daniel recently and there's like multiple verses that talk about those who are wise will understand will be able to explain it to others like there's going to be a generation and i think we are that generation or maybe the very beginning of it that understands these like deep crazy mysteries like there is a unfolding as as we get closer to jesus return like god is revealing things that maybe a hundred years ago he wasn't willing to give as much depth in but like we're the generation that's really going to go after it and at some point he's going to really start unveiling those mysteries so let's go after it that's a good word i i think you know whenever the uh, the prayer topics that that we started doing during the devotional sets for uh, for revival in America. One of them is is praying for the spirit of revelation. That's one of the things that I, I really felt the Lord leading me to kind of lock lock in on is, Lord, you have revelation and that can you know express itself in various ways. I'm believing that for us as a house of prayer as a priesthood that you're going to follow the same pattern that, that you have with priesthoods in, in past, that you're going to give them revelation. I, I think about the, the uh, priesthood that was, that was um, with David in the, in the tabernacle. They got to see the beauty of God like no one before them. They got to see the, the, the emotions and the heart of God in a, in a way that no one else did. And we have the Psalms as a result of that. And, and it's, it's, I believe it's because, well, God wanted to reveal that, but, he, but to who, you know, to whom would he do that? And I believe it, it had a lot to do with the priesthood that was pressing in for that. You know, they're, they're there in the midst of, of the glory, in the midst of, uh, of of the tabernacle and they're you know they're ministering before the ark of the covenant and and with music and prayer and the Lord began to release revelation and and I'm believing that you know just like Caitlin was saying there's there's coming a day when when those mysteries whether it's the mystery of Babylon the mystery of the seven thunders or you know some of the other mysteries that are in the word that call for wisdom is going to be opened and it's like it might happen in this room or another room like it somewhere else in, you know on the planet and it's like what a time to be alive that there's the potential for that revelation to be unfolded that we would be people of understanding that we could help uh, you know be priests with the the word of the lord on our lips and help be an influence in our generation that's exciting yeah and i think like the mystery too is even a kindness in a way, that's like another thing that I was kind of realizing. Like, I bet you, I don't know for sure, but I'd bet you if 
the Lord just laid it out so systematically, everything that was going to happen, it'd be a ton of information. We'd probably take it for granted and actually understand it less. But, like, the mystery is a kindness because it's, like, now we have to, like, to a degree, give ourselves to searching it out. And, like, we're invested, and it's so much more of a partnership journey with him. Um, like you're saying, with the priesthood, like, as we minister, he's like, okay, okay, you're in it. Okay, you're on the team. You're looking. You're searching. All right, here's the, here's the revelation. As opposed to if the seven thunders had been clearly written down, we'd be like, okay, cool. And then it's, you know, who knows what it is, a big fiery something falling yeah, from yeah. something. But, like... <laughs> Instead, it's like, oh, it's wrapped in this mystery. And so, like, you got to search it out. You got to do what we're doing, 85 sessions, 120 sessions, and, like, really give yourself to it. Find so much Jesus along the way and then care that much more and be that much more invested. Yeah, you know, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter. And it's the glory of kings. It's It's our glory to be able to search those things out. What else? Anything else that, that uh, somebody's, you know, uh, want to highlight, learn? Yeah, one thing that I've, uh, I think it was like back in the 70s, uh, session 70, way back when, um, maybe 60s even. It was talking, we did a couple series in a row talking about the, uh, the <laughs> disco, uh, end time disco. Um, <laughs> We did a couple sessions talking about the Antichrist and specifically his rule related to war. And I don't know, I kind of always had this, like, just this mentality that once the Antichrist rises to power, like, it's like the whole world is, like, instantly his. And there's just, because there's verses, you know, it says, like, he's given authority over every tribe and tongue. And so, I don't know, I just kind of had this wrong mindset that, you know, he sets up the abomination and then the whole world is the Antichrist instantly and it's like just him killing a bunch of Christians from then on. <clears throat> and so that's that's kind of, that was kind of like um, just so black and white in my mind and I'm realizing there's a lot more color, color, there's a lot more drama. And so like the when he sets up the abomination at the, the three and a half year mark, the start of the great tribulation, like it takes a while because that happens in Jerusalem. And so it takes a while for like, the nations not in Jerusalem, like to feel the, he, when he gives the order that says, you have to worship me, you have to take this mark if you want to buy and sell food. Like that takes a while to kind of get, especially people who are oceans away, like for yeah, that infrastructure, that edict and, to get there and just very real, like human processes, even, you know, uh, all the stuff in our nation, when Biden says something, it doesn't go into effect the next day. There's time and there's processes before it happens. And so, um, yeah, and so, and then just the fact that, um, like, uh, I think it's the verse in Daniel about wars, or desolations, wars continuing until the end. And so, just like that, the Antichrist does have influence over every tribe and tongue, but like he's experiencing resistance, like from not even like saved people fighting, but like just people resisting him, countries resisting him all the way until the end. So he never has like a full, complete you know, hold over every person, every nation. It's like there's there's this resistance of him all the way until the end. And I was just like, it just makes it not so simple as Antichrist on the scene. He owns it all. It's like there's this multi, you know, different peoples and different countries and factors. And it really is like a war where there's a lot, I mean, a world war, there's a lot going on, a lot of different fronts, a lot of different objectives. And 
this operation. That one failed, but then these three succeeded and they're taking grounds. And it's like it's a world war that the Antichrist is leading. And so it's just it just kind of opened my eyes that there's like this isn't just a simple black and white. There's a lot going on here, a lot of different players involved, and it's very like human in nature, meaning it takes time and and for things uh, to develop to develop. So yeah, I think for for me going through this go round, there's been a, a bit more of the human dynamic of like, oh, there's process to this. Oh, you know, there's there's choices to be made. There's enforcement of these decrees. There's laws. There's there's uh, families having to make decisions. You know, just so many of those human dynamics. I think has has really stuck out to me in, in this go round. Yeah, like a ton of nuance. That's yeah. like what I didn't because right. I, I was kind of in your boat, like black and white on all these different issues. And even when you look at the ways that some of the judgments interact with each other and kind of flow into one another, and maybe there's some cause other ones. And you're just like, I didn't think that. Now that we've been staring at it for forever, you see more of it. It's probably connected to like the, like there's room, there would be room to get offended if I had held on to the black and white. Like it, when it, you'd see it all play out and you're just like, nah, I thought it was like, you know, blessed is he was unoffended, like that whole thing. Just like if, if there's enough nuance to where like if I didn't see any of it coming, I'd probably be a lot more confused, a lot more easily offended. And so... I think that's cool to like, yeah, the, the human dynamic, the process dynamic everywhere that you see it, it's like, oh, that's, that's different and new. I'm glad I paid attention. That's good. All right. So if you have any highlights or sound bites or like, whether from, you know, something that you've heard from the platform, but probably more like. Demon frogs. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Things that, that have happened. So, so we do our small group discussions right after the teachings. Who's got sound bites, highlights, uh, ideas, new concepts that may have popped up in, in one of those? One of the, the ones that I'll, I'll throw out this, this past session was, so we're, we're talking about the sea being removed, like there's no more water. And instantly I was like, bullet trains. There's going to be bullet trains from Jerusalem to like wherever in the world. And I was like, that's probably going to happen. I, I never thought that but but as we're sitting there staring at it uh, you know we're in the discussion and it just hits me I'm like bullet trains are probably coming to the millennium you know just an interesting concept what other highlights or, or sound bites or whatever there was a I feel like I was in Luke Cooper's group but we were talking about smoke it was like it was a long time ago but uh, in, the 50s. in the, the 50s man like <laughs> roaring um <laughs> But yeah, whatever. It, it was like the effects of the smoke after like the abysses opened and like it was talking about all the fires, all of the different things that are causing and creating smoke and just how crippling that will be to like everything and everybody. Just like, oh, can I breathe? No. Can I see? No. Do my eyes hurt? Yes. Like everything's just like really bad from this smoke thing. And you, you can't drive. You can't really get anywhere. Like... There's like tons of wrenches getting thrown into things just because of smoke. And it's like so this tiny little thing that you see in Revelation where it's like, yeah, there's some smoke here, a little smoke there, smoke coming out of the abyss. But then when you really look at it and you're like, okay, what's that going to mean for everything? 
and you sit and Luke Cooper's like, it'll probably be the worst. And you're like, you're right. It probably will be <laughs> like just one of those little, like I've, I've, I've always thought like, cause like when you're having a bonfire and the smoke gets in your eyes, like I hate this. And then this. your hoodie gets all stinky. Yeah, it's all stinky. And your wife's like, hey, wash that now. It's just going to be hard. It really will. And that's so like smoke. That's one that we read and it, you know, it's like we just glance over that and don't give thought to it. But then when we develop it, it's like, oh, my gosh, like that's going to be terrible. And then there's like 80 of those things that are like details that are going on during that time of the earth. That's just like going to mess up our lives pretty, pretty good. Yeah. One of the it's kind of a. A nonverbal highlight, but I remember uh, we were in the, in the group and uh, we we're having the discussion. And it was specifically about uh, the the waters turning to blood, and we're talking. And the the conversation was developing, and uh, it's 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 going toward like, oh yeah, there's a water cycle. And then I remember uh, Brittany Laverne's face just like curdling because she was like, "There's gonna be blood rain, like." in like the coagulation like clots I mean just like thinking about the concept of oh yeah there's a water cycle still in effect during these judgments and how that's going to impact things it's like acid rain is really bad but blood rain is gross <laughs> like I guess that's a low light that's, that's pretty gross I don't know just any others I mean, one of the one of the most memorable sessions for me. There's really two, and I'll share one right now. Um, was the when we talked about the sixth seal, and Brad painting the picture of the, you know, think like, uh, well, someone with like hands in the heavens, and they're they're peeling back the sky, and because it says the sky is uh, like, like yeah, receded like a scroll being rolled up, and then like people see like God on his throne, and it says they like see the wrath of the Lamb. This is chapter, end of chapter 6. Um, and just the whole thing about like people, like, like they know at that moment, they know, like they know the wrath of the Lamb, so they know who is causing all these things. They're like seeing him in, in heaven. And, and this was just like, a, as we're talking about this, I'm like, I have literally never thought about that. But I've read this verse, these passages, and I've always been like, I have, I don't know what's going on there. Like the sky receding like a scroll. Um, but again, we stopped and we took the time to mine out the depths. And that was like a profound um, like reality. Like imagine that day, you're the wicked, you're under all these judgments. All of a sudden, like the sky gets ripped open and you see like into heaven and you see the one with wrath who's doing these judgments. That's kind of like the most intense thing ever. Um, well, maybe blood waters right above that. Um, but it was just like, it was a highlight. Like I have never thought about that. And that is just, wow. So that's profound. One of my highlights was way back, I'm, it probably would have been like the 30s or 40s because I remember it was like February 2020. So this pre-COVID, no one's really talking about COVID yet. Um, and Brad did this session on protection because we're always talking about these super intense things and everyone's question is always like, what about us? What about me? Like, are we going to be protected or are we going to be like, how much is this going to affect us? And Brad did a whole session on protection and he really felt like there were some things that the Lord just really like strongly highlighted Psalm 91 connected to the end times. And so we were like preaching and praying Psalm 91 
this was literally maybe two weeks, maybe like one week before COVID. And then like a week later, the entire planet is praying Psalm 91. And it felt like God really, really gave us that strongly in the middle of our revelation study to, to have like, you know, end time relevance, but also we need it like right now. (laughs) And that was one of the craziest things of just like the prophetic leadership of the Lord to give us that before we really even knew why or knew that we needed it. Yeah, that's so good. I remember um, when we first kind of laid hold of that, kind of an evolution of the way that I was praying. Initially, I mean, we were all right there like, oh, God, protect us. Like, you know, keep us away from the bad stuff and, you know, all this stuff. Like, really kind of escapism or like self-preservation and stuff like that. But as it really developed, and and really over the past year and a half, I've felt the Lord really begin shifting, like, that's part of it, but more so now, like, ask me to, to, to be strong on your behalf. I've got a strong arm. I've got, you know, my, my arm is not too short. I will deliver you. I, I do have the strength. I am able to do it. I will be strong on your behalf. And I feel the invitation so much more now in, in those prayers that we're doing uh, for the Lord to show himself strong. I, I guess there's really just this, this, uh, this self-preservation turning into having confidence in the Lord and then beginning to pray with, with like, uh, yeah, confidence, just praying in confidence. Lord, show yourself strong. And I, I really felt it kind of uh, come to a head whenever everything began with Afghanistan. Uh, here recently, I'm like, like just feeling the Lord, like invitation, have confidence, not just pray for yourself, Preservation. I just pray for the Lord to show himself strong on your behalf, but pray for your brothers and sisters, you know, on the other side of the globe who are facing persecution right now, that the Lord would give them strength, that the Lord would give them, you know, what they need, that he would give them grace and them perseverance. So I, I, was, I was marked by that. And it's been interesting to watch how it's, it's really evolved over the past year and a half. All right, any themes that uh, are more intriguing through, uh, through this 80-plus sessions uh, that just kind of stand out to you? So, th- so think thematically now. Anything really, just really intriguing? I mean, I'll answer it the same question or the same answer that we just did, but that 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 the theme of like provision versus or provision protection of God's people, but yet we're going to go through and experience so much of that. Like that, that's just a predominant theme throughout the book. Is this like the church going through the great tribulation, but yet being protected? And it's not like a blanket statement. Like every person gets, you know preserved from every harm it's not again not as black and white as it seems like there's there's question marks and there's like leaning into like lore like what's like how do you protect your people do you do the goshen thing do you do the what is the seal of the living god thing and how does that work and so just that that theme of um 
the theme of protection and then yet going through tribulation, like that's just been something that I've been wrestling with the whole time. I know we've had lots of uh, side conversations about that of just trying to figure that out. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a, a repeated theme that's, that's caught my interest. One of the things that, that I think from a, a thematic standpoint is the, the partnership that the saints have with the Lord in judgment. That's just something that is, is, is unfolding more and more to me. Uh, you know, we've, um, on, a, on Wednesdays, we do a, a class on, on, the, on Babylon. And, and one of the things that we've been talking about is the increase of wickedness to such a degree that, that there's no conflict, there's no uh, battle in our conscience to say like, Lord, come, come now and judge all this stuff that's going on right now. And for us to partner in intercession, but then also partner in other ways in releasing the judgment of God. Right now it seems like inappropriate or premature, and it's, it probably is because it's, it's, not, you know, it's not fully ripe yet. But, but that concept of, uh, of our partnership as the, as the church with releasing judgments or even partnering with God... In, in bringing those things to pass is just so interesting to me. Yeah, like, uh, it was a smaller theme that I feel like we were talking about kind of recently. Um, and, but it was the, uh, the reality of and the role that betrayal will play in, like, the persecution of the church and in just, like, daily lives and like everything like that and unpacking what that would look like and just feeling like trying to prepare my heart and like feeling the premature sting of like that would be unbearable and like lord i need you to help me be a stranger in this land and make my home in heaven because like these are ouchy to even think about but like the kindness of him revealing that and us talking about it and just kind of getting that, but like realizing that's going to be a real prevalent thing, like brother against brother, those types of things, giving each other up, like Nazi Germany style, like reporting on Christians and getting their house or, and whatever. Um, and like people that were your friends or your family or like your children or your parents, like these closest relationships and really trying to like enter into that and like have it move but just like the man there's going to be everything everything's going to come against the church and going to come against righteousness and just to really get your heart just completely divorced from this world and separated and just like attach it to him and his promises because it will do its best to just annihilate you that's good so hey, would you would you walk us through that a little bit? Like, so you said, like you're you're realizing some of the weight of that. And you're like, Lord, prepare my heart. What are some of those conversations? Like, walk us through. How do you do that? Like, how do you go to the Lord and and ask for that? Or what are some of the conversation points? I mean, I, there's a lot of like making sure you feel it, like. We're just like, all right, I'm going to feel the complete pain of it. And then we'll be like, oh, this is like, like the, like the, the most absurd one, like my wife. Like, so don't, don't just like run away from it. Mm -mm. 
Don't just, just be like, strengthen me, Lord, for whatever that is. But like, no, envision the worst of it. And like, don't give in to nihilism. Don't give in to the different things that are going to try to like, you should give up. Like, like when that, that, that's the most painful. But, but to really put yourself in that situation and then take it to the Lord, renew your mind, like baptize your heart in, in his love and just like really root and grind yourself like, oh Lord, it's going to be so painful. It's going to hurt so bad. Like if that happened, if this, this scenario I created um, that like could happen, like Lord, would you do what you need to do in my heart so like I can withstand that so I can cling to you and not, not give up, not give in. That's really good. I know for, for us, one of the things that uh, me and my wife have done with our four daughters, 10, 9, 7, and 3, or 6 and 3, uh, is starting to have those kind of beginnings of conversations of like, if there's ever a situation where it's life or death, you... You stay faithful to Jesus. And if someone's ever telling you, we're going to hurt your mom or your daddy, we're going to see you in heaven. You know, you stay faithful to Jesus and starting to have those conversations. It's like, we're, we're really having this conversation right now in the van. Like, but yeah, I, I agree. Beginning to, to have and not just avoiding it or trying to have some like romantic, romanticized idea of like, I'll be faithful without, without ever having processed it, I think is, is really good. And one other thing you can do is with that, so with the betrayal part is kind of, we see something that's happening in the end times, going to happen, betrayal, and then we actually look backwards to Jesus in his first coming and put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus at Gethsemane where his friends who he wanted to be with him, you know, are totally missing it. They end up fleeing. So just like taking truce of the end times, the betrayal one, and then having a conversation like Jesus, you were, you were betrayed. Like how, like how did you process that? And so just turning that into dialogue and, um, like talking to the Lord about how he handled that, that can really bring strength and help fortify our hearts to walk through that, knowing that he has walked through that and he calls us, you know, to, to follow him. So. And I think one of the big things on that is just the forgiveness and humility and meekness and not holding, not letting that betrayal plant bitterness in your heart. Um, and just like, okay, I'm Jesus loved the people who were crucifying him. I can, I can, you know, love the people who are betraying me in whatever way in the end times. But also, like, let's take that attitude now. And when someone, you know, hurts you now in whatever way, okay, this is practice. We're just gonna love them. We're gonna be meek. We're gonna forgive. And that that is really what's gonna set the church apart. Like the meekness of the bride. Um, in the it's it's the most countercultural thing we can do because like the root of every sin is pride, right? But if the church can be meek and humble and forgiving, that's that is the most radical, insane thing we can do. Man, that'll preach right there. <laughs> uh, okay, so considering our community, uh, do you guys feel like there's uh, something that stands out to you of what's you know, we talked to some uh, on the individual level, but what, what have you seen in, in the community? So as a whole, 
Have you, it, do you feel like there's something that has really stood out or you're beginning to see some, some fruit or so, something begin to, to bud? I would say like, this is more of a theme, so the, the old question, but something I've seen is people actually talking about it like it's real, like having conversations like it's real. It's not, not even like it's far away either, but like, like it's gonna happen and it's gonna happen soonish and like we shouldn't like it's not a video game it's not make believe make believe it's like it's like discussing it as if like so when this goes down like do you think that will run away or like or whatever the the postulating is but like actual dialogue as if they they don't think they're just gonna live out a comfortable life and die old. Like, and then you kind of start, like in, in me and even in my own life, and dialoguing is like, it's like, yeah, I probably won't die comfortably and old, or either of those things. Like, um, and just making it real and talking about it like it's real, like it's right there, like not even academically, but like practically. For me, I think one of the, one of the, uh, most encouraging things is the songs that I'm hearing on the stage uh, are, are either taking some of the themes, taking some of the, the ideas, and developing new songs, or, or some of the song selections are like, you know, from older songs or songs that are out right now, but, but really going on the themes of like faithfulness, uh, from the Lord and then even faithfulness, you know, from us or like being rooted in love. Like I've, I've begun to hear a bit more of the, the songs that are like, this community is like really going for it in light of his return. And that's so encouraging. One thing I've noticed is like starting to see like the end times is a filter that we see every other passage of the Bible through. Um, like I'm on a, a, a set on Fridays with Catherine and we sing through Psalm 23 and it would be easy to sing Psalm 23 having nothing to do with the end times because on the surface it has nothing to do with the end times. But it's like what we're constantly thinking about. We always end up singing about the end times and we found like it's crazy. And I feel like that, that has become kind of a filter for our community of just seeing connections everywhere and that like is, is the lens through which we view the rest of the story. Man, anything else you guys want to add? And then here in just a second, we're going to uh, open some questions up to the room. Um, anyone want to add anything else? Anything that we've covered so far? Anything that you just want to throw out? Yeah, and I just want to, with the whole singing, the end times, like if that's, whether you're singing on stage, whether you're prayer leader, however you're involved around here, like I just want to encourage you, like there's, I know speaking for me personally, there's been really no better way to like get my heart, because I'm not a, call me a, a, like a quick feeler, I'm not a quick feeler, it takes me a while, I can stare at these super intense end times passages and just like know it in my head, but my heart's like just not at all connected and I'm like Lord help so like there's there's been I mean pretty much nothing better than to get up on here I mean for me I'm on stage but again if you're in the room just opening your your Bible and like singing through some of these passages like I, I can't advertise that enough or exhort exhort you enough to like do that as far as because so much of these things like 
our heart don't doesn't grasp it. We've never lived through days like this. I mean, we're getting, everyone's kind of the, with what's going on in our nation, there's kind of this growing trend of like, I think we're getting closer. And so like, I just want to encourage you, like there's no greater strength than us teaching about it on Saturday nights. And then throughout the week, we're singing these verses, we're taking one, we're, we're engaging in that. Like I just, I, I want to exhort our community to keep doing that and doing that all the more. So that's, that would be my parting exhortation to us is just keep reaching. Not that we have to only sing end times stuff in this prayer room, but like, uh, like we need to, we're getting closer on those days. And so like, we want to get our heart invested in, in the storyline, hearing Brad teach, but then also in engaging our heart in song and in, in the word of God. So. All right. Well, we're going to open up some questions and the way this will work is I'll just, you know, ask the question. If you have anything, just raise your hand and then, uh, I'll, I'll repeat it on the mic and, um, you know, if there's any discussion or dialogue or whatever that, that we'll have up here, we'll, we'll continue so long as that's fruitful. So for, for any of you, is there anything that has been like, this was my favorite part or maybe something that you've really appreciated about the study, uh, anything like that? good yeah i think the the level of detail and the pace that we're doing has has really been helpful i've i've heard more this go around of people taking the time so it's like so if it goes to the horse's bridle and it's that much in the valley and there's what is it 10 gallons of a flu a fluid in the human body multiplied by the cubic is like doing all this stuff is like that would take 500 million, you know, it's like, Trillions. I love that we're doing this math, you know, and in, in, in previous or, you know, just a casual read through, I don't know if many people would do that. But yeah, the, the level of detail, I think, has, has really been, uh, has really been fruitful. And it's cool, like, it sounds like, so you were... Like maybe in the, all these sessions, it wasn't like all this revelation all at once when why Brad's teaching, but then you next time you read your Bible, ideas are coming. And so it's like it's just encouragement that like, to pay attention in these messages and then to like if, if everything's not clicking during the session, like that's okay. Like part of it is, yeah, when we're in a prayer meeting later or we read a verse and then boom, the revelation comes. And so just it's, it's cool that it sounds like that was part of what was going on. Yeah, shameless plug for the Friday 9 to 11 a.m. Revelation read-through. That was like, I was on it for like a year. Um, but that's where you like, you read it over and over again, and you're, it kind of gets monotonous. But then in the teachings, it'll like jump out at you when he references something. You're like, I know that. <laughs> that I know. That's in like chapter, the late ones. You know, you, you, you narrow it, but, but. That is the key if you want to do it. I mean, do it on your own. Read it. But, like, if you read it once a week, oh, fantastic. But join the set. You should join the set. 
Yeah, and I think along those lines, like the teaching, reading through it over and over is really helpful, but then the teaching kind of brings out those details where you're like, oh, these are actually meant to be understood and these are actually, like, there's something here to be reached for understanding instead of just having, like, the details memorized, but what does it actually look like? And so it kind of paints a men or a picture, like, a, gives a menu of, like, oh, these are things to go deep in that I didn't even realize were, like, there was more to go deep in. Yeah, I mean, I've found that too, which is like really good for a person like me who's like bad at school things. Um, but like there's tons of Jesus to have in studying the end times. Like your heart can be moved and you can feel closer to him and you can have more of him and you can have greater union with him and you can understand him a little better. Like there's a, there's, that's all over the place. Like it's not just like, yeah, it can seem monotonous when it's just like, First seal is the bad one, and the next one's also bad. And then we're gonna go, there's war and famine, and you're like, this is a bummer. Um, but like, there's a lot to, like there's a lot of Jesus to have in studying the end times, which is like such a necessary thing, and like so comforting for all of our hearts in studying it, because like, like even if we get something wrong, say, in our teaching, but it's just like, well, we're gonna, we're getting closer to him. Like we really are. And so like, that's such a comfort for me for it's, yeah, it's the fullness of his testimony. You don't know him as well as you could unless you go there, so. Yeah, and that's what's most important to me in studying the end times is like the, the details and the timeline are important and let's, yeah, let's study that. Let's try to get our heads around it. But if we can just get the heart of Jesus, like that's the whole point. And like you, like you were saying, if we, if we get something wrong, if we, if, you know, the seal happens or whatever, we're like, oh, Brad taught that differently. Oh, well, we got the heart of Jesus. And that's the point. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, Brian. Yeah, I think one of the things that Caleb brought up earlier that I've noticed is like I've been reading other parts of the Bible, the connections between Revelation, like these old Testament books that I'm like, I don't have a clue what this is talking about. And now I'm going back, I'm like, oh, this is like makes so much sense now. <laughs> like so many things like elsewhere in the Bible that like connect that I had no idea that like were so deeply connected to Revelation. Yeah, I think in addition to something making sense, there's been situations where it's like, this seems to be in conflict with another part of the word. And then, you know, continually sitting before uh, the, the passage or trying to, to uh, go into the details, beginning for, for some of those things to, to start reconciling has been like really helpful as well. So, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah.
That's so good. I, I love that this community is falling more in love with Jesus, falling more in love with the Word, being able to to connect to like Leviticus and like yeah, it's like oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah, one, and one of the one of the kind of the arguments that comes because our ministry is so focused on end times. One of the arguments is like, you guys can get, if you study the end times so much, you get, you can get like off and you miss so much of scripture, but it's, it's cool to see your testimony. Like you study the end times and you kind of, we get more clear understanding of the big picture and then it, it trickles down into all, as we're reading Leviticus or reading the, the prophets. And so it's just, uh, um, it's just cool to hear that testimonies. I just want to echo that. Um, I was at um, there, one of the kids in the community's birthday party was today, and there were there were a few of us um, who were there, and we were having a conversation about. Uh, and I love the question, but the question was, if you could pick somewhere, anywhere in the timeline, past, you know, in human history, where where would you go? Pick a timeline, and then and then go from now future. Where would you go? And the, the answers were like, I'd go to the transition of the millennium into the new age, or, the tra- or at the wedding supper of the lamb, or, at, you know, it's like, who talks like this? Like, we're, we're like, our, our minds are set on things above, and we're like looking toward eternity and looking, and I'm like, this is pretty cool. Like, the transit. I love. I love that. It's the transition of this age or current age into the next. That's awesome. All right. So another question for for anyone uh, here in the room. Uh, speaking of this study, the the eighty four sessions that we've been through. Is there anything that has occurred in your family life? Uh, at home, you're talking to your parents or talking to a spouse or anything like that. It's like, wow, this study is 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 being used to to have conversation points or uh, you know, st- I'm I'm beginning to have 
these uh, these moments with people that I care about as a result of this study that we do on Saturday nights. I have a funny story. So my family went out a cruise Did you win? I didn't win yet, but I have, I have confused my brother-in-law enough that he's not sure what he believes. That's what we want. If we can't get him, we want them confused. That's good. Oh, my God. Yeah. what's going to happen uh, 
I told about Revelation, and you say, oh, so when Jesus says this, it's like, you know, you, you have another part of like what it means, and then also you go on, and like you think about vengeance of the Lord's and like what's going to happen, and yeah. actually find myself like, um, I don't know, just like relieved that he's going to get what he deserves. It's going to be a celebration. It's going to be hard for many, um, but also know that the chosenness and the goodness of His people, and it's it's not like oh yeah, like <laughs> we all deserve it, but you know it's just um, yeah, I don't know. That's good. Let's think of a different perspective. Yeah, that's awesome. I know for me and my family, like. Uh, I've actually been able to provide some comfort with as depressing the end times can be, but like, especially in the current hour with all the craziness going on, um, just being like, oh yeah, this'll get worse. Really? Yeah, you just gotta like strap in and get God. <laughs> They're like, wow, okay. I mean, they, and they have, like we have similar. I feel so much better now. Yeah, thanks Daniel, you jerk. But, uh, <clears throat> But no, like actually being one of understanding, because thankfully my family's and mine pretty much align, at least my immediate family. Um, and so, but they just like lack understanding. But like being somebody who's like, okay, I've got a few more pieces to this thing. Like, I think it'll probably play out a little bit more like this. And in the immediate, it, it might look like this, but like just to have an answer. And, and you're not just like a Christian who's like scared, whose life is changing because like of a pandemic around them and like a mandate or something. Um, but to like kind of frame it for them, they like, I know my immediate family, they're like, no, yeah, this is like awesome though. And I felt cool. I felt smart. <laughs> and that was cool. That's good. All right. So anybody want to share a uh, uh, revelation moment, like like an epiphany moment? where whether it's during the study or during the week or whatever, and you're like, that's what that means related to uh, the book of Revelation. Anybody over the course of the past 84 sessions? Anybody have a Revelation epiphany moment? Anybody want to share one? Go for it. Okay, while you're thinking, I'll share one. Um, so I remember with the the fifth trumpet, that's the one where there's five months of these demon locust guys tormenting everyone. Um, I remember like the moment that it clicked to me that, because we always say like God's mercy is is in all the judgments, and that's like a cute thing to say, and it's true. But uh, like, but the, the 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 moment in my heart. I got revelation. I was like, that's people. So the, the fifth trumpet, like Jesus is just around the corner. The next trumpet is when he kills a third of the, the earth. And so right before that, this is like the first like targeted judgment against people's bodies and how like Jesus is so after people's hearts that after they resist him for, you know, seal one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, trumpet one, two, three, four, Five. So after resisting and hardening their hearts all the way until then, like Jesus would go so far as to like even inflict physical harm on people so that their souls like turned to the Lord. And so I'm like, it's his mercy. Like he's after their hearts that he will even use like physical pain to like 
And oh yeah, and he's like, yeah, no, no one can die during this these five months because I'm like forcing you to deal with my mercy, and like just would you turn to me? And so I was like, like that's God's using physical pain to show mercy, and I was just like, that is the wildest thing. And so I was just like, I was just, I don't know, it was just a moment of like loving the Lord that He would go even that far for the sake of like, if I can, if that causes one person on earth to like turn to the, turn to me. Um, like that's worth it, and so I was like, "Whoa!" So that's that's mine. Anyone else? <laughs> Gonna make sure that doesn't make it to the recording. Yeah, go ahead. That is so important. And we're going to the woods. Okay, which I considered, but I decided it wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, how do you respond? Well, how do you, so, so the answer is, how do you respond when you know all this? The answer is, get up there and pray some more. That's right, come on. Worship God some more. That's right. That's the answer. That's my takeaway, but it's always going to take away anyway. But especially when you study the book of Revelation, Yeah. But anyway, no. No, I think I I think you're right because, I mean, true, it's true. If you if you look at even even the 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 testimony of David's life, he had he had pressures around him. He had trouble. He had real conflict, and his answer was, "I'm going to go in 
I'm going to go seek the Lord. I'm going to go hide in his tabernacle. I'm going to go dwell in his house. I'm going to go seek his face, you know, so that in the day of trouble, he'll hide me. He'll set me high on a rock. You know, he's, he's got this, this knee, knee I, I believe it was a learned knee-jerk reaction. His, his response to trouble was not go stockpile, not go, you know, whatever. Yeah. But his response was, I believe, to be a model for us in, in, this, in this hour so that, that because, you know, whoever stockpiles the most fastest, you know, leaves somebody else out. It's like, oh, well, you're out of luck. You're out of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, no, the response really is to, to go and, and dwell in his house to, to worship, to, to, uh, to uh, seek his face so that in the day of trouble, he'll hide, he'll hide you, he'll, he'll establish you, he'll you know, do all those things. And uh, yeah, I think that is probably the, the biggest question of, of the study is how then shall we live? I think that, that really is the question of all of the sessions it's not just now I know all these facts. It's not, you know, now I can do the, the theological, you know, you know, from here to there. And I know the timeline and all this. I think those things are helpful. But really the most helpful answer and, and question is, is how then shall we live? And I think you hit it right on the head. I, I think that's right. It's good. Amen. Well, anything else before? Well, worship leader, you can come on out. Look at that. <laughs> Million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, anything else you guys want to add? <laughs> no? Cool. Well, I'm going to pray, and then uh, we're going to turn this back into the prayer room. And we'll be here till 1 a.m. And um, whatever chairs were moved, we'll do that. Conversation we'll take outside. Father, we thank you. Lord, for this community that prays and fasts and studies and, and seeks after humility and generosity. Lord, thank you for the gift of being able to do it together that we would go further. Further than, than any of us could ever do on our own individually. And Lord, we ask you that you would take us deep into your heart. Caitlin was saying, Lord, we want your heart more than the timelines, more than the facts. We want your heart. And Lord, we want to be wise in this hour that we would walk worthy of you, that we would be like those bright and shining lamps, those ones who know their God, who, who are wise and turn many to righteousness, who perform great exploits. Lord, would you rest your hand on this community, Lord, that as we move forward and as the days and the troubles and the glories unfold, that we'd be right in the middle and right where you want us. Lord, we love you. It's all for you. In Jesus' name. This concludes this teaching from the prayer room. For more resources, 
please visit our website at tprdfw.com. Thank you.